I am so excited. You, you truly have kids that are like noses pressed up against the bus. We've got kids who are decked out in wedding attire. I mean, dressed up to the nines. And I, the, the, the parents are equally as excited. It's just this energy that's amazing. Welcome to the Indian Prairie Podcast. We're your hosts, Brian Jovani, Director of Innovation. And Candy Michelli, Director of Professional Learning. Today's episode, we are excited to welcome two of our elementary school principals from Peterson Elementary and Springbrook Elementary. Welcome, Allie and Dave. Can you take a moment to introduce yourselves? Hi, everyone. I'm Allie Landstrom. I'm the principal at Peterson Elementary. This is my seventh year, and I'm super excited for a great year. Hi, this is Dave Worst, principal at Springbrook Elementary. It's my 14th year at Springbrook, home of the Huskies, 29th year overall. Well, we definitely appreciate both of you being here with us today. Um, we do want to kick off the conversation. And first of all, we just, we know it's a busy time. And so we just kind of want to hear from you. What gets you really excited about the start of the school year after being a principal for several years? Even though I've been doing this for quite a while now, this is year 22 actually as administrator, is the newness and seeing the kids and the teachers and everyone's so excited. There's a, there's a starting point to the year uh, and there's always a chance to make things even better than it was last year. So it's that newness and the excitement of the parents is for some of them, it's their first time sending kids to school. And some of them are just excited to send their kids to school because it's time for them to go back. And then, uh, then we take over for the next six and a half, seven hours. So it's just that fresh beginning of the start of the school year. And I couldn't agree more because I, I, I truly believe that it's the biggest gift of our profession. We have that begin and we have that end. And we're one of the few where we get to say, okay, this worked really well and we're going to keep it or we're going to change it. And just the joy that the kids get to know their teacher, to meet their teacher, to see pencils and school supplies personally. I still love school supplies. Um, I wish Target didn't start in June, but it, it's the newness and it's the ability to do it again and to do it better. Well, we know that that's all fun, uh, a big part of the first day of school. And uh, Target, if you didn't get them early this year, they may have been sold out. So I hope everyone is out there early uh, shopping. Uh, but the other part that we want to talk about is we know that you guys put a lot of time and effort starting in the spring to really start mm -hmm. preparing for next school year. What does that look like that, as you prepare for students and staff to start arriving here in the next couple of weeks? Honestly, we start, at least I do, start thinking about the next year as early as January. Because there are a lot of elements to consider. Yeah. Staffing is the biggest one. Who is going to be returning? Who is retiring? Who's going on a different next phase of their life? How many sections you're going to have? So obviously that intensifies as it gets closer to spring and then of course summer. But just the logistical planning of you have to think about I'm starting the school year, but I'm also shutting it down at the same time. So you're shutting something down in June while you're still planning for the start of uh, school in August. It's still an exciting thing because every every year is new. And throughout the past two years, it's been a bit challenging because there's been that unknown of yeah, what sure. are we doing with certain these elements and what protocols do we need to follow? But that excitement is still there of starting that new year. I think what's nice is you live in two worlds, right? Because you live in the world of shutting down and you live in the world of beginning. What's really nice though, too, is you've got the logistics, but you've also got, well, my staff probably... I drive them crazy with surveys because you have the survey of what worked well. We do something often, um, Dave, I'm sure knows, but it's called stop and continue. And the idea behind that is what are some things that we need to stop 
what are some things that we'd like to continue and what are some things that we'd like to amend, meaning we like it, but we need to tweak it. And I think that promotes such great conversations about instruction, about curriculum, about even the logistics that Dave is talking about. You know, I've had staff members who have said, you know, our support teacher was downstairs and we're all upstairs. Is that something that we can look at so that they're closer to us? You know, you have to think about the map. I mean, being by your teammates is so important, right? And having a little singleton upstairs, that's really hard. So you may do the map and do it again and, and again, and maybe even four times. But again, it, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of fun to be able to get it the way it needs to be. Here's a scheduling piece too, whether you're talking about your master schedule, your special schedule, what FTEs you have, how to make that work, who are you sharing with? So those are the, that's the piece I enjoy as well. So there's that logistical piece is not just the building, but the actual scheduling components. Well, and I will say this, Dave has helped me many a time with scheduling because that I'm not a fan of. It's like Tetris to me. And what I appreciate the most is that you've got people that you can reach out to help with that. I think some of those, those strengths is, you know, big ideas and, and some of that theme. I'm really good with that. When it comes to some of the nitty gritty, I, I just appreciate that. I, I truly, I have called Dave and said, it, it, it's not going to work. It just isn't going to work. And, and he will kind of laugh and say, you know what, Allie, actually, if we think about it this way, and I, I will tell you too, and Dave, I don't know if you agree, that master schedule is so important. If you give a grade level, just a, a, a schedule that's really broken up, it really makes it difficult for them to have that momentum throughout their day. Yeah, there's a purpose and a plan behind it so that you're best meeting the needs of all kids and you don't want your schedule to be a barrier to success. So if that ever comes up as, wait, we would love to do this, but we can't because of this, well, then we can fix that. So that it should be a vehicle for putting kids in the best position to learn and the teachers the best position to teach. And if it's not, then it's our job to collaboratively work with staff to say, okay, what do you guys think if we did this? That's awesome. I love how you guys are, keep talking about how you're supporting each other as well through this process, because it is not the job of one person, even though you can probably get it done. Sometimes having two heads is better than one. One of the logistical things that you didn't talk about, and I know it's a huge logistics, there's multiple people, um, different departments that work together is transportation. And that first day of school, like there's a vibe. I mean, everyone's really excited. Some teachers have signs and sometimes you have matching shirts and it's just, it's so much fun. And now Brian, I have both been in your buildings on like those opening days and when buses roll in, what are you thinking about when buses are rolling in on the first day? I, I am so excited. You, you truly have kids that are like noses pressed up against the bus. We've got kids who are decked out in wedding attire. I mean, dressed up to the nines and I, the, the, the parents are equally as excited. It's just this energy. That's amazing. This year, one of the things uh, I, and I know, Dave, I'm not sure if you do, but many schools play music on the arrival and then the dismissal. Um, and that's something that we're going to look at doing. We always meet at the, on the blacktop because our kindergartners mm. come for an orientation. So their first day is until that next day. So we always have everybody line up and meet everybody. And it's just this incredible energy. It's, it is pretty cool. We're excited as well. You have all these buses, all the cars, all the parents walking their kids in. 
the kids are so excited. Elementary is such a different mm-hmm. experience as someone who's been in elementary and middle school. Middle school is still excited, but it's maybe not as cool <laughs> to be that excited when you're a middle right. school kid, right? But elementary, that that's not there's no facade. Kids are just ready to go to school and parents are ready for us to take them in. And so, yeah, the busing, there's mixed emotions. The bus shows up, you're excited, but then you're like, okay, I got to make sure every one of these kids get to where they're supposed to get. We got to make sure they know what bus they rode, what bus they're going home, making sure we have all the staff there welcoming them and directing them in the right way. Uh, We do a meet and greet. So we don't, we actually just start school by having them go in as a typical day on the first day, because the day before we do a meet and greet where they can come in, put their materials aside uh, in the classroom and things like that. So similar, but a little different, but that's what makes every building unique is the culture and how they work through on how they start school. So we do a school song. We do that on Friday. We don't have music every day, but we sing and play the guitar and the kids come down and sing over the intercom. So that's a way to increase that school culture as well. And I'll be, I think too, the kids are so excited and the kids are so, well, we've learned flexible and adaptable. It's often the parents who it's really cute. Are are you sure you're okay to go in? Yes, mom, I'm fine. And it'll be a kindergartner. And, you know, we'll have parents call us and make sure the bus got there and make sure the child got off. And, And you know what? I get it because it, whether it's your first child because you just moved here or it's a kindergartner, it is a little scary to do that. And I always feel such a great honor that we're entrusted with these kiddos and that the parents trust us and really to see them get off. And, you know, we, we clap. It's like they're rock stars. Our fifth graders are are usually really, really good about helping out if they see a kindergartner that, you know, we have them walk with them and stuff. So it's, it's really fun. That all sounds amazing. I think Candy and I are uh, excited for the first day of school for all those traditions and that excitement and the cheering and the laughing. Uh, we always hope that it's a great day because of some of those traditions on the blacktop and lining kids up and meeting mm-hmm. their teachers. So that's awesome. Switching gears a little bit, the years change, the students change, but what stays constant from year to year? The number one thing that stays constant is why do we do what we do? Our focus is kids. Kids come first. And so sometimes your approach changes because maybe there's a new strategy or there's new whatever. Education is constantly changing on what's best for kids as far as instruction at times or curriculum. But overarching philosophy of we're going to do what's right for kids. And we make decisions based on what's right for kids. And every one of us got in this, not because it's about me as the principal or me as a teacher. It's about those five to 11 and 12 year olds that come in every day and parents who trust us with their most precious thing in the entire world, their kids, that we're going to create a great experience for them. So that not only academically, but that SCL component as well. So if I have kids, the the worst thing a parent can ever say is my kid doesn't want to come to school. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I hear that, okay, what can we do? How, How can we help? Why is that? And what can we put in place so that child wants to come to school and wants to learn and wants to be part of a community? So I think that piece is what doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Sometimes how you get to those goals, that's, that's the changing part. As we all know, it's, it's been a challenging, you know, 18 months. And one of the things that we talked about at Peterson was what's your why? Find your why. And obviously that why is the kids. And whenever things would get tough, we would say that to each other as a staff. And it was, that's right, it's the kids. And, and I will tell you, you know, you go into a kindergarten classroom, you go into a fifth grade classroom, 
and you just see them working or, or talking or, you know, reading and it, it just centers you on where you're at. And I think that is the piece that when times are tough, you just need to fall back on that and remember that that's, that's why we're here and any decision we make, if we're making it in the best interests of the kids, we can't go wrong. Hearing some of the talking about your why and helping everyone um, after especially some challenges the past few months in education, um, we're kind of, we're going into a new year. There's probably going to be a couple bumps along the way, but definitely there's some excitement about the fact that we're going to start the year off together. It might look a little different, but at least we get to be together. And one of the things is, is with maybe the surveys you had already, what are some ways that you're looking to support your staff? What are they asking for as you're entering the school year? We do a lot of professional learning. You're all involved in that. What is What are different ways that maybe um, someone that's not in education like wouldn't even know that there's things that you do behind the scenes to support your teachers. So I know that we've had to deal with a lot of logistics over the past year. And typically we focus obviously on professional learning and, and, you know, modeling that idea that we learn just as much as the kids. And while we've done that, we've certainly done that with zoom and, and technology and, and Google classroom I don't know that we've been able to dig into some of those pieces that we have been in the past the way we've liked to. My teachers are really excited. We're doing a book study, um, Cultivating Genius. They're excited to do that. We're doing it as a whole school. And then the other piece is we're going to do one school, one book again with our kiddos. So just being that learner and modeling that love of learner, I, I, I think they're really excited for that. I think they're also excited to start the year, even though there, there might be a, a few things different, but to kind of start it in the way that we have in front of kids, you know, having the things up in your room and, and that type of thing and some of those different routines. I think more than ever, teachers want to know kind of the parameters of how we're going about school to start the year. That is an ever-changing target right now, and it's going to continue to change and what we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do. So they're going to want that. So that's the logistical pieces mm -hmm. of how do, we, how do we start off school. The biggest thing for me is the SEL piece for staff and students. I'm a fan of the phrase love like a redwood, and that's just the whole concept of redwood trees don't go deep, they expand out. And if one of the redwoods is sick, the other redwoods send their nutrients to that one tree because they realize that one's not healthy. So creating that culture for teachers so that they feel supported in that arena, I think is going to be critical so they can do that for kids. So there's that SEL piece with that. Can I say, so back in the 1819 school year, I had sent out a love list to my staff and it's, what are some things, you know, what's your favorite salty treat? What's your favorite sweet treat? What's your worst month? How do you like to be honored? Do you like a public congratulations? Or are you more private? And I actually resent that to them. And I said, I like you know, that. guys, it's, it's, it's been a little while. And to be honest, we need to celebrate each other, you mm -hmm. know? Rachel, my SSC and I have gone around and done chip delivery where we buy all kinds of different chips and we just go in the classrooms. We interrupt instruction, but it's all good. It's all good. And, and we just give them a bag of chips. And I, I think it's just, they need to know that they matter. And sometimes it's a tangible thing. Sometimes it's a note. Our parents at Peterson sent so many emails last year, just reminding them that they matter. So I think when Dave talks about the SEL, that is just 
paramount to getting them in a good place. I think part of it too is our job as leaders is to help them focus on what we get to do, not what we don't. And I think it's very easy oh, to good. go, if you go down one path, it's, yeah, we might have to wear these. We might have to wear a mask, but we get to be here in person. Yep. We get to have all kids here instruction. We get to provide this instruction without having to worry about Zoom, rooming and Zooming and focus entirely on kids. We can still meet in small groups. It'll look a little different. We can still do that. So it's, I guess, part of it is your attitude and what you choose to focus on. And my job is to help them focus on what we're able to do this year, not what we can't do. Eventually, at some point, I don't know when, we'll get back to doing school as we remember doing school. All of us are experienced educators, right? But our job is to help them with that and then redirect when we start seeing some people go off the rails. What I'm feeling right now for my staff is a complete excitement of actually getting to come back and work and although we're meeting in Zoom, which is a wonderful tool, they're not having to do that, right? So they get to actually be in person. We get to meet with our staff in person. That's yes. tremendous. Yes. I mean, just those little things you take for granted, we get to actually do. So there's some exciting elements with that as well. Well, I don't want to speak for Candy, but you guys are really getting me excited for the start of the school year and the cultures that you guys are developing. Our last question, your elevator pitch of what's next? When you say what's next... I, in the very short interim, it's I got to get everybody staffed. So that's my focus for this week yeah. is interviewing and get everybody staffed. What's next for my building is we're really focusing on guided instruction and in reading, guided instruction in math and SEL. Those are the three things we're focusing on. And how do we make that meaningful? And what does that look like? So our staff is really going to be focusing on that element and kind of revisiting some things because school has been different. So some basic things that maybe we forgot to do or we need to improve upon, we'll be able to do that. But that, those are our foci for the next, uh, for this upcoming school year. And I would agree. I, I think for us, what's next is we, one of the things that we realized is that we are going to have an equity lens over all the teams that we've created. So we've got an SEL team, a PBIS team, um, an academic team, and then a tier two team. And those teams are going to meet once a month. And that we've got this overarching question about equity for all these teams. And I think what's next for us and, and um, reading the book, Cultivating Genius, I think I'll help is, are we making sure that our kids are feeling welcomed, valued in all areas of school? So, you know, SEL, behaviorally, academically, you know, are we learning names? Are we saying names correctly? Are we standing outside our door and welcoming our, you know, how are we greeting everyone? How are we greeting each other? Again, I think the beginning of the year is such an amazing time. And Dave said it so well, we as the principal need to be the cheerleader. We need to be that positive. I look forward to our staff continuing that our ILT met and we are all on board that, that we were that, that voice for each other. So, well, thank you both so much, just as, you know, listening to you and your excitement about welcoming back students and staff and meeting new families and building those relationships is so exciting to hear. And just as like a friend and a colleague, I've learned so much from the both of you. And I know Brian and I appreciate your time today. It's, it'll be a great year and we're looking forward to see what you, what you do in your next steps. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right. We would like to thank both Allie and Dave for their time today. It's amazing to hear all the wonderful activities that our principals have in place to welcome their staff, students, and families back to the buildings. 
We would like to thank members of our CNI team for their leadership on this topic and extend a special thank you to members of our communications department, Lisa Berry and Clay Urbanic for making the podcast happen. If you have any further questions, please email your questions to curriculum at IPSD.org. We thank you for your time today and hope you enjoyed being part of the conversation.